Hello friends, this is the AlphaList Podcast. I am your host, Toby. The goal of the AlphaList Podcast is to empower CTOs with the info and insight they need to make the best decisions for their company. We do this by hosting top thought leaders and picking their brains for insights into technical leadership and tech trends. If you believe in the power of accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Plus, if you're an experienced CTO, you will love the discussion happening in our Slack space where over 600 CTOs are sharing insights or visit one of our events. Just go to alphalist.com to apply. Welcome to the Alphalist Podcast. I am your host, Toby. And today I have with me David Gippard. And David is the currently still CPTO and soon CTO of Mobile.de. And Mobile.de is the biggest car marketplace, I think, in Europe. Is that correct? Uh, we can only claim Germany for sure, uh, because we're pretty much focused on the German market. Uh, but big is correct. <laughs> Uh, okay, and you 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 seem to be quite active um, as a speaker. Your capital top forty under forty. Um, uh, by the way, are you still under forty or? I'm still under forty. Yes, well, I still have congrats. some room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, uh, when we prepared, like um, you you were still CPTO, and you you as I learned, you you are still CP, uh, C, CPTO. But um, there is a CPO starting soon. And um, I think as it's a topic that is like quite hot, like who's responsible for product, who does it ideally, is there the CPTO, is there the CXO, etc. I, I want to discuss that with you. Um, but maybe um, let's let's dig a bit deeper in Mobile.de. So uh, Mobile.de is uh, part or was part of eBay and is now part of, um, I think, a private equity conglomerate called Adevinta. Is that correct? Is that like a really it, a conglomerate? <laughs> it's a public listed uh, Norwegian company um, okay. um, called Adventa, and we have some private equities as shareholders, um, but overall, it's a publicly listed company. Publicly listed, so everyone can check how um, how David is succeeding in his day to day. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> looking can, at the stock exchange, <laughs> and can buy his or her shares uh, in this beautiful company. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll take a look later if I do that. Um, and um, what what impressed me when I when I when I checked you a bit deeper is that um, you seem to um, have like a quite active, let's say, career planning or life planning. Like you did an Ironman last year, which is always a good sign that someone is really like. Um, Active and and persistent, um, and and I see that that persistence in your somehow in your CV. Uh, maybe because I knew that you did an Ironman. I don't know, <laughs> but that that impressed me quite a lot. And um, yeah, um, be, before we dig deeper in the in the CPTO versus CTO versus CXO whatever topic, um, let's let's dig a bit deeper in your life. Um, so maybe you can tell us. A bit more about yourself and um, how you ultimately became a geek or nerd. So, what is your your nerd journey? Um, and uh, yeah, um, then we start off from there. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, we covered 
a couple of uh, pieces already. Uh, so uh, yes, I'm still under 40. I have uh, still three years uh, before the big date. Um, uh, so it's it still feels quite comfortable to uh, to uh, have this uh, capital 40, under 40 uh, thing attached. Um, um, so I'm David, uh, as you said, I'm leading product and technology for mobile.de, uh, Germany's biggest car marketplace, uh, a pretty known brand in Germany, maybe not uh, throughout the world. Uh, but as we were part of eBay, um, we could uh, use this uh, this uh, this uh, household brand basically uh, for uh, for also um, hiring talent. Um, nowadays, with Ada Winter, I think Ada Winter is maybe not the well-known household brand. Uh, but if you look at the companies that are part of Ada Winter, you will recognize some of the big names like Mobility.de and Kleinanzeigen in Germany. Um, and there are a lot of other of these. Uh, classifieds company throughout the world. Um, so Ada Winter is actually the biggest classifieds company in the world um, with the portfolio. Um, so we are in good hands uh, as being part of a portfolio that is actually like-minded in terms of uh, what we do and how we do it. Um, I personally, as you said, I'm a little bit into sport, um, a little bit less uh, this year than uh, the year I did the Ironman. Uh, but still, this is like one of my favorite hobbies. Um, and apart from that, I'm a family father, a father of two, um, and live near Berlin, um, to be uh, quite accurate with that. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy uh, leading product and tech, basically. Uh, okay. Uh, and how did you get into tech? Like, when did you start programming and why? what, what excites you about it? Yeah, my parents would say uh, it started with me screwing up their computers uh, when I was young. Um, <laughs> that's maybe one side uh, of looking at it. Um, I think the, the real journey began with uh, basically playing games and then wondering how do you actually build those games. And uh, and uh, I think my uh, my experience Exploration started with something called uh, RPG Maker 2000 or something, uh, where you could basically build uh, easy role-playing games uh, with kind of uh, a little bit setting the scene. And, and it was always a mixture of uh, creating the graphics, creating uh, the code and, and all of that. So I uh, went a little bit deep into that uh, and then obviously was pretty open to then uh, um, take the uh, informatics courses at school uh, where we started with beautiful Delphi, I guess, uh, was, oh, was nice. the programming language um, uh, where uh, it... I mean, you can say whatever you want about Delphi, but uh, it, it it's quite suitable to teach you the ins and outs and also like uh, object orientation and this and that. So I think this uh, actually paved kind of the way. And then uh, the other aspect was I was pretty much into music. Um, uh, I think rock music and stuff. Uh, I think this comes from my father's side. Um, and uh, this led to being fan of bands and then building websites and then 
ending up having official websites for uh, for Finnish rock bands and these kind of things. Yeah, so really. with bigger communities and, and basically building a lot of the stuff on my own, uh, which nowadays you would just uh, take, I don't know, Wix.com or something. Um, but back in the days, you actually ended up building kind of uh, a blogging system, a new system, a forum and all of that on your own. And then bit by bit replacing it uh, with co commodity stuff and doing the migration. And I think this all led to um, me being pretty interested in that. And then in the end, also picking in business informatics as as, uh, as something to study uh, after school. Um, and I think this this all was the 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 realization that uh, you in your room in your home uh, can actually build something that reaches uh, hundreds and thousands of people and kind of brings people together and makes them experience something together or solves a problem. And I think this is the fascination I still have with that. Of course, with mobility on a little bit bigger scale than what I did back in my bedroom in my parents' house. Um, but still, it's the same fascination to uh, to kind of reach 18 million people a month. And um, it sounds a bit like uh, no longer Delphi, but PHP or something uh, back in the days then uh, with your community work or what? Yeah, it? Uh, I mean, my usual tech stack for my uh, my private web projects was uh, PHP back in the days and then uh, a lot of jQuery stuff. Uh, I also ended up uh, writing for uh, a magazine called, uh, called Internet Magazine back in the days, uh, how to write jQuery plugins and these kind of things. Um, so I was also <laughs> deep in the jQuery uh, bubble back in the days. Um, of course, uh, tech stack and mobile is a little bit different, but uh, I think PHP um, and sometimes PHP is attached not only to like positive sentiments uh, if you talk to other tech professionals, um, but I think there's a truth to um, if you uh, installed uh, um, basically the 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 SAMP or how it was called back in the days on on your local machine. PHP came out of the box with every managed web server. You have PHP out of the box. And so the entry is quite easy. And if you look at the global internet and, and what is actually powering the global internet, uh, I think PHP still plays a big role. And, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Like when whenever I would have the chance to, I don't know, start something from scratch where I would actively be coding. Oh, well, no, let's rather say where I would be CTO and not be coding, but um, <laughs> be be involved in uh, hiring the team, etc. I think PHP would still be a valid option as uh, you, you have lots of choice uh, frameworks, developers, um, and it's very popular. Still, it's not the most beautiful thing. So I kind of migrated to Ruby at a certain point. Um, I know not at a certain point, but in 2006 when, when Rails initially came up. Um, but yeah, I mean, what would you start with if you could start today? Like, I don't know, yeah. uh, most likely you have a, your Java shop or something, uh, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Node.js, uh, PHP, it's, uh, kind of the, the, the different path, but a valid one. Yeah. But still, uh, it feels like if you, 
if you talk to someone and uh, basically mention like um, you're kind of a PHP fan, uh, it still feels you you uh, you have to uh, basically argue for the fact that this is a valid choice. Uh, yeah, you have to uh, <laughs> where it's uh, much easier with with other text stacks, and it's it's interesting if you then look at the global internet population and how much is actually done in PHP. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, uh, same applies to WordPress, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's much harder. Even um, so, um, we 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 uh, touched your Java shop briefly, and you already acknowledged. But what 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 is the text stack like? Uh, I mean, how what what is special about like a, a building a classifieds, a big classifieds business? Is that the search or what, what's the, where's the secret sauce? What what what's your text stack like? Uh, maybe three questions in one. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, one of the key things a classified site needs to do quite well is the search. So you already touched uh, upon that. Um, uh, for Mobile, we we have a service-based architecture. I think this is also not the biggest surprise nowadays. Um, the web apps are React and Node.js. Um, the services themselves are mainly Java-based. Um, a little bit depends on, on, on the use case. And uh, then database... Uh, uh, also pretty straightforward back in the days MySQL with AWS you're more or basically it's Aurora then um, and then MongoDB um, a couple of special use cases with <coughs> Cassandra Elasticsearch uh, depends really on do you heavily read or write um, and um, for messaging um, Kafka RabbitMQ um, so I would I sometimes say it's it's kind of uh, straightforward. Um, you could also c call it a kind of boring uh, tech stack. Um, I think one of the main reasons for uh, for these kind of decisions is um, access to talent, um, and also <laughs> we experienced um, um, some uh, some years ago uh, when we shifted ownership between teams um, that can be pretty hard if you go really crazy uh, with <laughs> with certain things and it's the same yeah and it's the same if somebody leaves and this is the only person who actually knows how this service in I don't know Go works <laughs> absolutely and to me it already sounds a bit crazy I mean it's a lot of technologies right especially on the data side um, and then Kafka and RabbitMQ in combination is that like if you could start from scratch, would you maybe X out a few of those technologies? Or um, uh, yes, I mean if you if you look at that, and and we we are having a tech radar where we say like what are things we actually look into, what are things that are standard, what are things we are looking to kind of phase out, um, and I think this tech stack is uh, first of all also a. Um, a result of a couple of migrations also coming from eBay, going to Adavinter, coming from a private cloud, going to a public cloud and these kind of things. And it's also a result of a company that is 27 years old. Uh, we mm -hmm. can't really hide that. Uh, um, and um, when it comes to uh, the biggest challenges, um, also related to tech stack, related to running 
uh, a tech shop that is 27 years old. Obviously, we do not have, I think we do not have any code left that is actually 27 years old, uh, but you have pieces of the platform um, that, that are older than others. Um, and I think balancing technical debt removal or modernization with, um, with basically uh, building features that add users value is an ongoing challenge you have. And, uh, and partly the tech stack is also kind of a result of that. Um, but yeah. So where, where's Cassandra on the radar? Uh, I think nothing we uh, we actually uh, progress using. Um, it's really one of the results. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I, I'm, I'm somehow a fan, but um, also it's a love-hate relationship because it's <laughs> for a long time and um, it's, it's lots, of, lots of effort as well. Um, yep. And it kind of, yeah, tech kind of moved um, and, 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 and let's say data um, in particular kind of moved to being very, complex and, and and then kind of back to simple so if i would start from scratch i would just use postgres <laughs> yeah i understand that <laughs> um but um and and well then i guess you also use kubernetes and um all of that yeah stuff that everyone uses like as long as you get bigger and and, and you, you, you how big is your tech team uh Tech alone, uh, like engineers, 250 people. Wow. Round about. Um, so product and tech overall is uh, roughly 400. That's a lot. That's um, impressive. And um, yeah, maybe coming to the topic. So um, the, the whole CPTO discussion um, and, and a CTO versus CPTO versus uh, CPO um in in parallel or under CTO and like they they're very very a lot of a lot of variants um and um you uh took from the path from CTO to CPTO and and, and back um or are taking the path back right now um what what are, what are your thoughts um or maybe let's start with another question where does innovation come from yeah, so innovation is, first of all, a tricky term in terms of definition, what innovation actually is. Um, and sometimes innovation is um, is pretty bound to, hey, let's use the newest shiny tech stuff. Um, uh, nowadays, potentially, it's using LLMs and, and uh, put a flag on your product. Yes, we're using also AI. Um, uh, that is Effective part of switch. innovation yes. uh, sometimes. But for me, the definition of innovation is more um, also related to actually adding value because like AI for the sake of AI I'm not a big fan of that. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I think innovation is um, using what's there. It can be new tech. It can be tech that is around for, uh, I don't know, 15 years. Uh, bring it uh, to utilization and solve a problem that has not been solved before in that context, which creates value. Mm. Maybe that sounds overly complicated, um, but for me, the... Um, the limitation of it's just using shiny new tech uh, is is not cutting cutting it basically. 
Um, and in that sense, um, I think uh, it's hard to say where does innovation come from. I think it's, uh, first of all, uh, I encourage everyone in our company to come up with ideas um, in that sense. Um, and then obviously there are facilitating worlds that are needed in, in a company like ours where it's about building digital products um, because I think that also makes a big difference if you're, I don't know, a company that produces shoes. It's potentially different what you're looking for in innovation than uh, if you're mobile.de, right? Um, so for us, uh, a lot of um, the ideas also come from customer service, sales, user research, um, uh, product, uh, but it's also tech. Um, and then I think you actually at least need the two worlds of uh, CPO and CTO um, or their teams to actually facilitate um, picking that up, uh, evaluating that is this something we want to do and then building it. Um, in I think in 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 our case, um, a lot of that comes through the way we work, um, basically starting with the user problem, user research and building it up. But user research is also like getting insights from our sales and service teams. Um, and then evaluating it on top of that, we also um, have a format that is called Innovation Days that we run uh, quarterly for three days um, where we basically have kind of a hackathon style um, uh, uh, event, um, which starts with pitching ideas. Um, usually we set kind of a theme for the innovation days and then ideas are pitched, teams come together and also new combinations and then work for three days where you, in three days, you might not end up build a, fully-fledged production-ready product. Um, but you actually have quite a good sense for, okay, if we take this and basically bring it into our like standard OKR processes, uh, this might be something um, mm -hmm. we can, mm -hmm. we can uh, move forward with. Um, and that's like uh, my take on it. Okay. Um, um, and... and I guess the the hackathon is not necessarily business connected, or is it? Uh, does it have a uh, like necessary business context, like um, the results? Yeah. No. Um, okay. uh, I think there are basically two tracks. Um, so you can uh, pitch a topic or an idea, um, and this can be everyone in Mobile. Um, like the innovation days are not a product and tech event it's really like someone from BizDev comes in and says like i want to build this new ai thing that basically autofills uh everything so that uh creating a listing does only take 1.5 seconds for example uh can someone be from marketing from customer service and obviously also a lot of product managers uh are doing that um, it can also be someone from tech saying, okay, um, here's this uh, new framework, new uh, uh, LLM that is basically doing that. And I have seen uh, that we are doing 
is a thing we can do better with that. Um, and then the second track uh, that is also used is basically uh, when engineers just want to have a look at a new framework um, or uh, uh, basically work on internal tools that will then help us just be better as an engineering organization. Um, so a lot of our tooling around like uh, we have an application inventory where you see the dependencies between services and all of that um, all of these things were actually created in, in innovation days too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I think the role of the CTO actually um, evolved in the last years at um, let's say 10 years ago it was more like you could even play with tech a lot um, and uh, say okay I want to use Cassandra let's create a use case basically um, and, and that, that that changed and I think you also went through that learning curve uh, as a as a company uh, maybe potentially you yourself as well and uh, then at a certain point took two hats um, and, and and said okay I can I can do business as well um, how did that learning curve work and um, like why did you initially do both? And do you think it can work out or? It can. So this is the short answer. Yes, CPTO uh, as a combined world does work. Um, but, and this is also the reason why I'm changing it. Um, I think there's a time and a size of company and a com it's a question of complexity of the product um, and the setup around you. Um, that's actually uh, influencing how well that works. Um, so when when I became CPTO, um, we were much smaller. Um, so I think product and tech back then was like 150 people and not 400. Um, so that makes a huge difference. Um, and then um, the other piece was um, back in the days we were a classified platform. Um, so you had sellers, buyers, and they were able to contact each other um, pretty straightforward. Um, what happened then is that along the value chain, we actually created adjacent businesses. We went into financing, into trade-in, into you can fully online buy a car. We then bought companies, uh, a community and a leasing company and so on. So the complexity uh, of what we are doing uh, evolved quite a bit. Um, at the same time, the team size evolved quite a bit. Um, and um, I think the setup uh, back in the days um, in the company that was owning us um, was also more... Um, combined in terms of product and tech. In Adavinta, it's more that you have uh, product and tech uh, as basically two heads. Um, and this basically all ended up me also having dotted lines into quite a number of people uh, uh, next to uh, my reporting line to the uh, CEO of mobile.de. And then... Uh, a lot of um, the uh, the things basically end up uh, with you and only with you um, as you're then uh, responsible for product and tech at the same time. Um, 
which kind of moves you further away from the teams uh, as you're obviously dealing also with requests out of um, out of the bigger portfolio of companies uh, when you have requests from investor relations or from from investors and shareholders it ends up with you um, so I think um, it's uh, partly a decision that was driven personally by me um, that I really want to focus on something more closely again. Um, um, the second aspect is um, if if you're part of a digital product company, um, I think having having this kind of focus on product and tech um, that it's actually there and not only managing it um, is quite important. And then looking at um, the road ahead because what what we're planning to do in terms of uh, new products um, and uh, basically extending the value chain even more. Um, I think someone who can actually focus full-time on product is pretty important for us. So it's yeah. also about the phase we're in right now. Um, but, and this is, I think, the, the, the uh, counter-argument, um, having product and tech combined uh, also means that you can um, actually solve a lot of tensions you potentially have <laughs> between mm -hmm. product and tech uh, mm -hmm. at, this, at that single wall. Um, so basically, it was fighting me with me in a room. Um, that was yes. that was easy. Um, so I think uh, it's also uh, it depends uh, answer in a way uh, because if you pick like the wrong person, um, this can be <laughs> really uh, really uh, complicated. Um, so this is maybe also the question why my search uh, for a CPO. So my uh, my partner in crime took uh, uh, quite a while, um, but I'm pretty happy um, now that uh, a start date is uh, rather sooner than later uh, of this person. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so I think there's no there's there's no answer where you say like. Um, this is better or worse. Um, it really depends on the phase you're in, the type of company you are, um, and what's ahead of you. And what you personally enjoy as well, right? I, yes. I, think, I feel that um, many um, CTOs that, that move into that direction struggle um, with the, the fact that they have to take care of um, today, so operations, um, and tomorrow at the same time. Um, and um, it, it, for for many, it's it's just easier to take care of today as they are used to it, and um, it's it's kind of the comfort zone, and and then they really struggle to 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 um, yeah tackle tomorrow. Um, was that a challenge for you as well? I would lie if I if I'm saying it's not. Um, I think it's a struggle. Um, especially in an organization of that size and complexity, there is way too much to deal with for the today. Um, so setting aside time where you actually sit down and think about, okay, and what do we need in the future, for the future? How should our product uh, uh, evolve? Um, and if you then say, 
one of the um, key things a CPO should do is actually visiting customers um, and setting aside time for that and so on. So time is limited. Uh, and um, I think one aspect that is maybe stronger in CPTO worlds than is this, um, am I doing both of the worlds good enough question? You will ask yourself, like, you will also ask this question if you're only only CTO. Uh, but I think if you if you combine more and more of the responsibilities uh, in one in one role, um, this question will be eating you up bit by bit um, in a way. Um, and the only thing you can then do is building a team um, that is actually taking responsibilities that normally would be part of. Um, the CPO or CTO wall because it's just not doable anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, I would also say you 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 said you have to fight with yourself. You kind of lose meaningful fraction that in many cases meaningful and in many cases meaningless, uh, but it's hard to differentiate between like the good and the bad at that point. And um, it, it yeah, yeah. You, you, you suck that away. Um, potentially, if if you have both in, in one role, right? But um, I, I think summing it up um, via looking at complexity and and size is potentially the best, right? Or what is what is your conclusion there? Yeah, I think it's a type of product. Um, it's complexity, and lastly, what's ahead of you. And I think that's what's ahead of you was then also um, kind of the leading path to decide, do I take the product or the tech side uh, in the future? Um, when thinking about that, I mean, yes, my roots are more on the tech side. Um, so I think that was influencing my decision. Um, but the other piece was um, that bringing someone in from externally um, felt that it will have more impact um, on what Mobile as a product is um, than bringing someone in on the tech side. Um, maybe uh, you could also argue with that. Um, but for me, it was like having someone with like a fresh pair of eyes with... Uh, experience also in other industries, um, consumer-facing industries coming in and sh shaping what our product is and how it will evolve uh, felt like um, a bigger impact than on the tech side. Mm -hmm. You recently wrote on, on LinkedIn um, a post about um, self-efficacy. Um, so like how effective are you right the question how effective are you in your in your, in your job what is what is your your personal outcome uh, the, the outcome that you produce or um, or um you 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 push for um was that um a topic you 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 thought about a lot when when you acted and and when you had both were wearing both hats yeah and i think this 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 topic goes way back um basically was the moment i I was appointed CPTO. Uh, one of my mentors came to me and said, "Like, uh, and be aware of one thing: um, the basically visible outcome of what you do or the impact you produce will be even more indirect now 
and way farther away. Uh, also looking at time, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's okay. Uh, I know that. Um, and I think when it then hits you, when you uh, basically have your days filled with uh, a couple of challenges, removing blockers, um, obviously also a lot of meetings, um, doing also a lot of general management, basically. Um, sometimes you wonder, like, what did I do the whole day? And did it actually had any meaningful impact and uh, I think this uh, self-efficacy is uh, is then kind of eroding uh, a little bit because you do not see like the real result like uh, you're not writing code and then basically see what it does um, um, and uh, I think this is something that where I got better in dealing with it. Um, but still, um, I think, and I know that I'm not alone with that, um, is something that's still there. And there are days where it's, uh, where it's bad. Uh, and there are phases where you can uh, then really see like uh, the progress uh, that you create also in basically setting up structures, removing blockers and so on, or sometimes asking the right questions. Um, it's sometimes as easy as that. Um, uh, but there are also phases where you look back and say like, um, what is it actually that, that I'm doing for making things a little bit better? Um, and uh, what what helps, and this was part of the uh, the, the thoughts I shared. Um, it doesn't necessarily only come from work. Um, so sport is also my antidote, basically, to that because um, you put work in, you see an outcome, you can measure it. That's good. Um, the other thing I think that helps is um, kind of having a logbook um, of things you actually accomplished um, can be small things, big things can be feedback from someone, um, but actually basically making it more visible because otherwise like weeks and weeks uh, basically just go on. And if you then look back, it's just too much. Um, and uh, sometimes you also miss the signals uh, that you actually progressed Um um, and so this became part also of, uh, of, I mean, how I plan my life is basic, maybe a little bit too much, um, but, uh, setting aside a little bit of time to reflect, um, and, and basically seeing what did I do, uh, what, what impact did that have, um, actually helped me to, to overcome that in a, a bit at least. So you write a journal, basically, yeah. a success journal or um, yeah, it, journal? it's it's about achievements and appreciation um, mm -hmm. because uh, in a way um, um, we, as we speak, are uh, are, um, are in a lucky position um, in our lives, where we live, how we live, uh, that we were able to learn a lot, to have a good job, uh, have a healthy family and so on. 
Um, so it's also a lot of uh, about appreciation uh, of things because also that uh, connection you can lose quite uh, quite soon and be grumpy about stuff. Uh, but if you zoom out a bit, um, you actually do not have uh, 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 a real reason uh, to do that. Um, and then it's uh, basically also creating transparency for myself, what impact I have and what I achieved. And this can be uh, on job, this can be other goals I set for myself. Um, but basically writing that down, not on a daily basis, but uh, weekly, bi-weekly, something like that. Do you have other habits um, that to, to kind of be, be more, more effective um, and have impact? Uh, I mean, there are a couple of things. Um, so uh, I'm a zero inbox uh guy um uh, if 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 that's a, a habit um um i really hate that unread emails uh or uh, badges on apps with which there's like 1245 uh, unread emails uh, this would kill me um so um I, i perceive myself as pretty structured also on that um and also how i deal with follow-ups and, and and setting aside uh time to actually do the follow-ups um and then the other thing is um in the sense of getting things done uh, i also set aside uh time three days a week a little bit uh, of time <clears throat> to actually then do stuff um, and also use time boxing to actually get something out of the door and not uh, procrastinate for an hour and then wonder where the time went. Um, so, so, you, so you plan tasks in your calendar, essentially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm uh, on the, on the uh, let's say, on the step before that, uh, that I... I, I use a tool called Reclaim AI. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Um, basically plans my day and my one-on-ones, et cetera. Um, and yeah, every once in a while I add a time box for something and focus time is also there, but it's often eaten, eaten up by, by, by many things I, yeah. many other meetings and, I do. <clears throat> and I, uh, I don't say that uh, I'm not uh, basically... Uh, then also using the time to schedule a meeting uh, on top of that. Uh, but for me, it's really the question um, of reserving that time and then making an informed decision on what's the most important or urgent thing I actually need to take care of and not having someone else defining uh, the meeting that is in there. Um, so it's basically, I think we claim... Uh, Is a good uh, is a good term for that. Uh, even though I'm not using the tool, um, it's really claiming the time and then basically being in charge of what happens there uh, based on my priorities. Yeah, um, I, I actually um, at a certain point decided against Inbox Zero, uh, so I was also infected. Uh, <laughs> but I decided against that because I, I just realized, okay, yeah, others kind of have uh, control over my time like more than I do uh, for just writing me an email that I want urgently want to treat it like a hot potato and want to, want to get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> ideally. Um, did you also think about that? 
Yeah, and uh, Inbox Zero in my definition is not that I need to reply in five seconds. Um, and Inbox Zero is my goal for like uh, end of the day and end of the week. Um, for me, it's really like uh, delete, archive, um, follow up or answer immediately. So this is only one option um, for me. Um I think the inbox zero became uh, increasingly complicated when uh, basically 90% of the communication moved to Slack um, because then it's it's really complicated. Um, uh, uh, but I think the most used Slack feature uh, for my end is um, remind me later. Um, and then really uh, setting the time where I'm then actually dealing uh, with mm -hmm. things or Marcus Unwed uh, is also quite Unwed, uh, quite yeah. he heavily used. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it's really uh, also um, what I'm trying not to do is jumping back and forth between email, Slack, and the actual thing I'm trying to do every five seconds, but really trying to set aside time um, to to do that. Um, I'm not. Time. <laughs> I'm not 100 successful with that, uh, but yeah, at least I try. It's it's hard if you have to, like different tools for different kind of different purposes, and um, I, I tend to treat Slack as kind of ephemeral communication, and also mm -hmm. tell everyone, hey, if you want something like really serious, then write me an email, um, and, and that's working much better. Like recently, like let's say in the last three years. Um, WhatsApp and Signal and other messengers kind of also entered the room, and people use that as, as a shortcut to your brain. Uh, how, how do you how do you live with that? Uh, this uh, actually does not happen uh, in a in a business context. Um, I think there are only a couple of people that actually write a WhatsApp, um, uh, and usually then it's something urgent, um, um, but it really happens rarely. Um, uh, I think the, uh, I opened that door, uh, when I'm on PTO, um, and then basically my team knows that if they really want to reach me and it's urgent, um, because I usually turn off notifications on Slack and email, uh, when I'm off, um, then they know old school SMS, uh, or WhatsApp will help, um, uh, But that's the good thing in having a great team. Uh, this rarely happens. Um, so they can actually live quite well uh, uh, without me, at least for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I uh, tend to not give everyone my phone number these days because it's kind of really developed. And I also hate the badges. I turned off most most badges, to be honest. Like uh, For most apps, I just turn it off because I, yeah. I also can't do, live with it. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, strange. <laughs> um, what I like, do you have like maybe one or two, or no, let's say your top recent discovery, um, something that really made your life much better, um, uh, something that you recommend to everyone? Could That's my tool. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, Maybe not a new tool, but uh, a tool I uh, only started using myself a couple of weeks back is Calendly. I know it sounds so stupid, um, but uh, I mean, um, 
to not having to discuss like when is the best time to actually meet if you're dealing with external uh, parties um this is a lifesaver um uh, so that's at least saved me a lot of time um apart from that uh, i mean there are uh, basically uh, on a daily basis uh, new ai tools out there uh, that uh, at least in the first five minutes it feels that it could improve uh, my uh, day-to-day life um, i think uh, the ones uh, i'm uh, i'm sticking with uh, right now is uh, quite obvious Bart and chat gpt uh, that i'm actually using on a daily basis um, so um Maybe also not new, new, uh, but um, probably the tools that had the most uh, impact on on how I do things over the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also use GPT a lot. Uh, kind of like sometimes pisses people off because they <laughs> also see it. But <laughs> yeah, you need to be a little bit careful. Um, yeah. But uh, I think for things like first ideation on something where you you could do it yourself, but it's just way faster um, mm. uh, if you need a list of criteria to do a benchmarking on something then uh, there's no way around uh, being if as efficient as using chat GPT for, for like a first draft and then go from there right um, do you use it to code as well? I personally not. Uh, we as a company obviously use Copilot, um, uh, at least uh, trying it out um, to to see like uh, how does it help us. Um, uh, in my personal pet projects, uh, I'm I'm doing uh, not so much. You so you have pet projects. You still do programming or yes. Yes, uh, a couple of small ones. Uh, I think uh, the one uh, where I uh, where I constantly do stuff is home automation. Uh, this again comes back to self. <laughs> Typical uh, CTO topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's also coming back to this: this uh, do you see the results of your work uh, type of thing? Uh, you do something, and then uh, by magic. Uh, the light actually goes on. Um, so uh, I think my my house, my home is uh, pretty automated, uh, and uh, I like to add stuff and uh, and uh, yeah. So and there's always something new to explore, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, how, and how how's the wolf, the wife acceptance factor? Uh, quite high. Um, really? Oh. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's still quite good. Um, and also, when when I'm doing that, my kids got interested uh, in 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 that. And obviously, um, maybe also uh, as CTO, you you ask yourself the question: When do I start teaching my kids how to how to code? And then yeah, uh, you start with I don't know, Scratch, Code Monkey, and these kind of things. But then uh, they saw me doing uh, stuff in in this uh, home automation stuff, and and this is something they can actually experience quite directly. So they uh, <laughs> they actually like that a lot. Um, so uh, it's uh, the acceptance factor of the whole family, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, you have to tell me more about it later. <laughs> I'm also in that tunnel. Um, I, I, I still have, uh, so thanks a lot for the discussion. I, I still have a, a, let's say, a closing surprise for you. Um, 
uh, I actually so uh, one of one of the founders of um, of Mobile.de, Ralph Preen, told me about um, a piece of code that is twenty uh, seven years old and still in, in Mobile. It's in the search, um, and it's um, uh, 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 you can you can actually submit a, a hidden field. Uh, to the server and um, tell the server like where you want to travel um, so name of a person uh, and we use David Gebhardt and, 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 and to which time you want to travel and then like Mobile.de can make you travel back in time um, to now the year 2006 um, let's imagine we travel to the year 2006 when you did the IBM University program. So dual studies, I guess. Um, and um, we can observe yourself for a while, um, working hard already, um, totally into coding, um, uh, work, still still addicted to self-HTML, I guess. And, and you now have the chance to whisper something into young David's ears. Um, what would it be? That's first of all. That's a cool feature. Uh, I will. I will look that up and uh, make, sure, uh, <laughs> make sure I find out how to use it myself. Um, the fun part of the answer, David. Stop programming in ABAP on the SAP platform um, because this was also <laughs> one of the internships I did in IBM. Uh, uh, That's a really weird thing. Um, uh, a more um, a more professional answer to that maybe is um, uh, be open to take more risks. Um, I remember uh, that during my master's degree, together with a friend, uh, we actually uh, joined a startup challenge and uh, had quite a good idea um, and did just not follow through. Um, And I think uh, founding a company, looking back, is maybe easier earlier than later. Um, so, and this is still on 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 my list, basically. Um, still so, possible. so uh, 2006, David, uh, maybe be open to explore that uh, sooner than later. Um, yeah, that that would be my advice. Yeah, I can, I can recommend founding as well. But you're still under 40, so that's uh, yeah, it should yeah. be a no-brainer. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks a lot for the discussion and the insights. Um, uh, looking forward to maybe see you in person at a certain point uh, in Berlin or Hamburg or whatever. Um, and um, yeah, uh, looking forward to see like how how it will work out uh, with with your new old role um, and. Um, what Ade Winter will actually come up with in the next years. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, I'm also looking forward to all of that. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Alphalist podcast. If you like this episode, share it with friends. I'm sure they'll love it too. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear deep insights into technical leadership and technology trends as they become available. Also, please tell us if there is a topic you would like to hear more about or a technical leader whose brain you would like us to pick. Alphalist is all about helping CTOs getting access to the insights they need to make the best decisions for their company. Please send us suggestions to cto at alphalist.com. Send me a message on LinkedIn or Twitter. After all, the more knowledge we bring to CTOs, the more growth we see in tech. Or as we say in Alphalist, accumulated knowledge to accelerate growth. 
See you in the next episode.